0: Welcome back to the Lot Cowboys podcast. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Uh, you can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what is going on, sir?
1: Oh man, what isn't going on? You know, someday we are going to uh, record and release our pre-podcast conversations <laughs> that we have, uh, and it's going to light the internet on uh, fire with our fire oh, takes. but uh, today's not that day. Today, we are going to take a look back at the recent past and see, you know... What what were some takeaways from this awful, awful season? What can yeah. we take away from this wash of a terrible sample size of a 2020 season?
0: Yeah, uh, we're going to do that. But one of the reasons why we're not going to ever post our uh – Ten-minute, you know, monologues before we do the shows because we like we like our jobs, right? <laughs> We're gonna we want to keep this job, so uh, that is why. So let's Probably. get into the takeaways from the Cowboys' 2020 season. It was a disappointing season. They finished six and ten, um, but we kind of knew how the season was going to go after Dak Prescott got injured in Week five, I believe, and that's where I want to start. Um, Lena, my number one takeaway from this season is Dak Prescott. Pretty important to the the overall success of the team. What do you think?
1: Wow, you're really uh, you're really going out on a limb there to uh, to kind of bring but, the real hot right. takes.
0: But it just I mean, this season's another example of why that quarterback position matters so much. Because even somebody like Andy Dalton, who is competent, isn't enough to get you where you want to go. You can't just have competent quarterback play in today's NFL. You need to have an elite quarterback, especially if you have. One of the worst defenses in NFL history. So yes, uh, and I guess this is going to tie into one of these other ones we're going to talk about in a second. But as long as the Cowboys have Dak Prescott, I feel really good about their chances of competing in the NFC. He's just that type of quarterback. Every year you have him, you're going to be good.
1: Yeah, and I think that's you know I'm, I'm, I was joking obviously when, when yeah, we were talking before because I mean it is it is an obvious point, but at the same time, I mean it's it's clearly not obvious to everybody because I'm still getting people in my mentions saying wouldn't we rather have uh, Andy Dalton at this price than Dak Prescott at $40 no. million? And the answer is no, because no. the point is, again, not to save money. Like, I don't no. care. Like, the NFL ownership has got NFL fandom twisted around their finger into to questioning the salary cap every single time anybody's going to get paid. That's exactly where ownership wants it. They want you mm-hmm. to question, why are we having to pay these guys all this money? Look, quarterbacks— are way 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 underpaid we've made this argument yes. so many so many so many so many different times the way that they influence the game the way that they impact the game um is uh in relation to what they're what they're paid even now is still greatly greatly uh, disproportionate uh, so what
0: at what point would it have to be for quarterbacks to be overpaid let's let's say somebody like Mahomes, right what would the number have to be in order for him to be overpaid
1: I mean, something like half the salary cap, probably, right? I mean, like, seriously. I mean, if you're talking about... I mean,
0: even even then. Like,
1: even then, like, uh, that's... that's. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if you're talking about how much impact they actually have on the field, it's, you know, you could make the argument that it's, it's, it's more than that. It's up to two-thirds, sure. somewhere between half and two-thirds of the salary cap. Sure. Uh, because, I mean, if you're talking about how much impact the player has on the field in relation to what they are paid in the salary cap... Like again, it's and that's why. And again, you and I have different opinions about the running backs being paid situation. But to me, this reason here is why a lot of that stuff doesn't matter because you're you're saving so much money by underpaying these quarterbacks uh, in, in, in regards in relation to their value, right? That uh, that it, it, it you, know, you can you can overpay here and overpay there, and I I don't know that it ultimately makes so much of a huge difference. But that's not a conversation for today. Mm. To get to the point. The difference is right. You don't. I don't think that technically, really, you can overpay a Patrick Mahomes, right? Like, I, I mean, as far as yeah, in the salary cap no. air, right? What I think you can do is overpay middling and mediocre quarterbacks. You can't do what what guys like. And I'm gonna. I don't care what you think. I'm putting them. I'm putting them in a category together. Guys like Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott. Uh, uh, sure. You know, like guys like that who have. Proven to be able to take their teams and 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 push them on a higher plane to take them uh, uh, at, at situations where they're down and single handedly lift them out of uh, their team out of the doldrums and carry their team to victory. Uh, it's time to start respecting what Dak Prescott has done for this team. And and if you haven't gotten on board with it yet, I'm sorry. That's your that's your problem, not ours. And and I mm-hmm. think that the the fact of the matter is. Dak prescott showed his value this year uh it simply when he even when he wasn't there and maybe even more so when he wasn't there uh but but ultimately what we saw out of andy dalton was way above what we expected out of andy dalton and look what we got right we got yeah, barely I, exactly. barely not even 500 uh you know win percentage uh you know this i think the point is is that if you're looking to save the owners' ownership's money, then yeah, sure, I guess go sign Dak Prescott and I guess see what happens uh, with mediocrity forever and ever. But if you're looking to actually do something, like win a Super Bowl or get get a. Uh, 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 you know if far the playoffs you need a quarterback like Dak Prescott and and, and I don't want to hear the you know the talk about uh, uh, Dak Prescott hasn't done anything hasn't won anything like that especially from all the same people that I feel like uh, are retroactively telling me that Tony Romo didn't get uh, an opportunity because of all the players that are on this team Dak Prescott went through an insanely terrible season in the early part of this year with everything that had happened uh, and still was managing to drag his team to victories much like Tony Romo both of those yeah. guys are yep. worth paying money to and when you pay quarterbacks like that it, the number doesn't really make a difference to me because you're certainly not going to be paying them ultimately what they're worth
0: yeah I I follow a lot of the national storyline just because it's it's a lot of fun so um, early on in the season it was you know the, the Cowboys aren't doing enough Dak's not doing enough it's all in garbage time and then Dak gets hurt and all of a sudden two weeks later it's should Dak Prescott be the MVP? Look at this Cowboys team without him. They scored what a whopping 12, 22 points in three games against the Cardinals, Washington, and Philadelphia. Uh, meanwhile, they had just three turnovers on defense in the first eight weeks of the season. Uh, and then, we, so people are completely out on Andy Dalton. They're talking about how the Cowboys should have paid Dak 40, 50 million, whatever it took. And then we had a stretch, landing between the Bengals, 49ers, and Eagles, where the Cowboys had some success, right? They forced ten turnovers on defense in three games. Uh, they got a couple special teams plays. They had a C.D. Lamb uh, special teams touchdown, and all of a sudden, it's well, Andy Dalton and Dak Prescott <laughs> aren't all that different. And I'm not just saying that. There was like actual no. national media people saying they're not all that different. Why should the Cowboys pay Dak? And then they look like they look terrible against the Giants, and well. The Cowboys made a big mistake by not paying Dak. Literally, the same person or the same people are saying these arguments all across the season. And it's just, it's hilarious to me because. People are so fickle when it comes to quarterbacks, and I, I, I don't know. I, I guess I. This is just another season, and we've had quite a few of these. It seems like over the last decade, where the starting quarterback goes down, and it's pretty clear there's a massive drop off between QB one and QB two, and yet we always forget when it comes to contract negotiations why it doesn't really matter as much how much they're getting paid because they're they're underpaid as we started off the podcast. So. Dak Prescott important to the Cowboys. Breaking news. <laughs> um, the next one, next one, Landon, kind of ties into this, and uh, I want to talk about Kellen Moore because I think for some of the season, especially in the second half he kind of hid how bad this Cowboys offense was at certain times in the season. You know, basically an entire backup offensive line outside of Connor Williams. Uh, they had Ezekiel Elliott clearly wasn't the same player as he was in 2019. He did get a little healthier at the end of the year. Um, multiple quarterback changes. And yet this offense, you know, at times against the Steelers, the Vikings, uh, Bengals, 49ers, Eagles looked like a pretty good offense. So, how, how important is Kellen Moore going to be to the eventual success of this team?
1: Oh, I think incredibly important. You know, I mean, I think... Look, I mean, we just talked about how we felt like uh, uh, Andy Dalton was overachieving. And I think a large portion of that is uh, because of what Kellen Moore was able to do with play calling. You know, I mean, I, I think... Because, I mean, again... It's it's not just that Andy Dalton was in right. Even before Andy Dalton was in, the Cowboys had lost a large percentage of their starting offensive line, you know. Mm-hmm. And and so, and and again, I, I'm I, we do this podcast you know every day. So I'm going to be repeating myself, but there is a a, a huge black hole of production when uh, you force Andy Dalton to stay in a, a condensed pocket, and uh, you force the. You know, 2020 version of the Cowboys' offensive line to pass block for a long period of time, right? Yeah. It's just yep. a bad, you know. It's, it's like I said, it's it's whatever the opposite of a force multiplier is. It's it's that, right? It's it's you know, the two bad things being bad together, <laughs> you know. And right. and, and right. I, I think. They had to work around that, and 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 think about how difficult that is. Working around that means you know trying your best to keep uh, your, your team out of third and long situations, but also you have to do that while trying not to be so heavily of a run game, a run game. Uh, be so team predictable, yeah. And, and that's an incredibly difficult thing to balance. You know, you, you want to try to set up your quarterback in short third down situations that aren't going to make him require, that aren't going to require him to sit back in the pocket uh, and 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 you know go through a bunch of progressions because he just doesn't have the time or the you know the kind of Mental clock to do that, right? Right. Uh, so you got to right. find a way to mix and match things on first and second down to get your quarterback into uh, decent uh, positions uh, without necessarily having a, a, a strong running game, even because now your running game's been diminished by the fact that you have an injured offensive line. Zeke gets hurt or is, is banged up for a good portion of the season. So uh, being able to navigate all of that and still being able for for some games to be able to put up uh, upwards of thirty points you know in, of a, in a game that's good play calling that's that's understanding the talent that you have at your disposal and, and, and using that and working around you know that's we talked about this before. Coordinators, like defensive and offensive coordinators, their job is problem solving, and and the amount yep. of problem solving that that Kellen Moore had to do to work, that the amount of things that he had to work around to get this team productive without Dak Prescott, without Tyron Smith, without Zach Martin for a large portion, without Lale Collins, you know, I, I think is incredibly impressive, and it, and and we saw some of the creativity that was required, some of the the di- different looks and that sort of thing, just to get the ball moving, and and and, I, and it was good to see that kind of creativity bubble its way. Up to the top, and, and and not just be like a one-off game thing. You started to see some of that stuff, you know, consistently happen. And I, and I think, you know, again, that just shows you a young offensive coordinator feeling comfortable with what he's doing, uh, and 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 finding a way to overcome uh, the the trials and tribulations of the 2020 season. You know, that affected him as the coach, as the offensive coordinator, as much as almost anybody on the team.
0: Yeah, I just think he's really, really good. And I thought he did an excellent job this year. And there's was, there was a couple games in there that maybe I don't think were his best efforts. But uh, he was he was handicapped a lot by the offensive line and the quarterback. And I just thought he was outstanding. So I can't wait to see what he does this offseason uh, with Dak Prescott coming back with hopefully a healthier offensive line with those three receivers. Uh, I, I'm, I'm really excited about the future with Dak Prescott and Kellen Moore leading this offense. Uh, Let's take a quick break so I can tell you guys about 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana. 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful diamond ring launching exclusively on January 18th at BlueNile.com. This exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings launches on January 18th, and you can preview it exclusively at BlueNile.com. All right, Landon, uh, another one of my takeaways from this 2020 season, it's that the Cowboys really, really need to reconsider how they're investing in, in the defensive tackle position. If you look back at the last decade and how the Cowboys have spent resources at that position, you have a second round pick in 2019 in Tristan Hill, you have a tooth or a third round pick in 2020 in Neville Gallimore. And then Before that, it's really nothing. Like you spent a seventh round pick on Joey Ivy. It was in 2009 they drafted Ken Bishop in the seventh round. It's just a team that really went a long time without pumping in any assets to that position, and then they completely ignored the one technique you know for years, and that's partly because of Rod Marinelli, right? He just didn't value that position, so they brought in guys like Nick Hayden, and I mean, there's just a list of guys they brought off the street to play that spot. Um, but we've seen this year if you have you get to be a, at a certain point with your defensive tackles, your whole defense can't function. So I do think it's time for the Cowboys to reinvest in that position. I'm not sure how they do it. I'm not sure what they think of Gallimore and Tristan Hill coming off an ACL. But it's pretty clear that they they need to change up the way they they view this position.
1: Yeah, and, and you know I think that there has been a Uh, A change there it just it seems glacial you know it's it's just it seems like it's been a long time coming I think last year uh despite how you know kind of benign the spending was especially with uh with the early injuries uh you know and then I think with Poe it was just a a terrible spending but I think that that's I think that's that shows you exactly why you can't You can't do that, right? You can't go in and and kind of dip your toes in a little bit. And, and, you know, they spent a lot of money for how little they got out of Poe. You know. And, oh yeah, and,
0: and, and even even the money was it was fairly small, right? It was only a couple million, but it's but again I mean, even then, that was If you're losing it, overpay. if
1: it's just, if it's yeah. just like walking out the door because it's not giving you anything, you're not getting anything for that, basically. Yeah. Like, yeah. Then why? Why are you look look what you did? You tried to save money, but ultimately you just wasted a bunch of money. So well,
0: there is certainly a point, and we're going to get to that in a second. Where spending two or three million dollars to try to go cheap at a position is actually hurting. Yeah. You. You're, you're better off spending the extra two or three million dollars and getting a player that can actually help you rather than pretending you know this one or two million dollars will actually you know fill that need
1: I would rather spend the big money on look and I understand like liking your draft picks and wanting to give them room to, to grow into the position I would rather spend the money uh, to get the, the kind of a top end nose tackle,
0: yes. and then yes.
1: and then find out through training camp that my my defensive tackles are playing better than him, and be thrilled because I don't care about. I mean, again this is their money so they, they, they don't may not feel like I, but i don't care about jerry jones's money and i and frankly i don't know how much he does when it comes to this I, no. I think he'd rather have the wins i think he'd rather not have every team in the nfc east running straight over them you know so yep. o- yeah overspend if you need to, to go get the defensive tackle and then let the the young guys developing be the happy accident surprise that happens mid-season and suddenly oh no our you know Our our one technique is slightly overpaid because he's a backup because our our young guys developed. Don't trust that these two kids are going to develop just exactly the way you hope they do. Uh, Give yourself some insurance, especially since, you know, again, they are still below uh, the McMosier line, if we're calling it that. Uh, And, 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 you know, I think that the problem is is, and, and they've been there. You know, for the last two seasons. This isn't just a, a Nolan thing. This is a thing that didn't mm. get solved from Marinelli, you know? So yeah. um, I, I, the Cowboys' front office, and this, again, I'll say this again. I don't know that this is even a Nolan problem. I think this is a problem that precedes Nolan, you know, as far as the defensive tackle spending situation. Mm-hmm. They need to find a, a quality player who can dominate, who can eat up blocks in the middle and even if he's only a part-time player, and I think that's their argument, right, is that they don't want to spend that money on a part-time player who isn't a great pass rusher. But at the same time, if you don't have him on your on your team, even if he only plays like 30 snaps a game, you need that guy. Because when ti- when it's time to stop the run, and you absolutely have to stop the run, and you don't have that in your bag, you- you're probably going to lose the game.
0: Yeah, I... <laughs> It's, it's tough to do this. It's going to kind of move on to a, a different one. But um, my next point was that the Cowboys need to reevaluate how they do free agency because last year we saw them spend money on guys – above the veteran veteran minimum level, but not really get any production, right? Like they spent, what was it, $4 million on million ha ha Clinton Dix, never even made it to a game. They spent a couple million on Don Terry Poe. They released him, and he didn't even get a tryout from another team. Like they saw what he did in the first couple games of the 2020 season, and they completely, you know, the NFL basically said, nope, we're good. Uh, they spent money on Daryl Worley. And uh, I, I just think you're better off if you're going to spend in free agency Spend eight, ten million dollars to get a guy that you know can come in and play. Don't just you know take chances on mid-level guys that uh, you know maybe are past their prime, and you're hoping to squeeze out one or two more years because th- that rarely works. I'd rather see them invest in a couple studs and then fill in the gaps other way, you know, in other spots because you know a lot of these a lot of these lower level you know, free agent signings have not panned out for the Cowboys. You look at their history in the last five years, who was their best free agent signing they've had lane. And I mean, it's, it's been really, really rough. And I think they just need to reevaluate, uh, on the personnel on the pro side. How do we, how do we bring in talent and have them fit in our scheme? Because right now I think whether it's Will McClay, whether it's Steven Jones or whoever, they're doing a pretty bad job with free agency.
1: Yeah. I would say that, that, you know, their, their two best free agent signings have been one, uh, uh randy gregory i mean just which is kind of weird because i guess he was part of the team and, and you know quinn uh last year i thought was a pretty good signing but that was
0: even a trade but, though. yeah so that's a good point a yeah, it wasn't a free
1: agent signing so uh yeah i don't i mean that's the thing is you get what you pay for ultimately yeah, exactly and, and that's that's, that's exactly what they what need to is. kind of start to realize
0: yeah, so we'll see if they're aggressive in free agency this year. I kind of doubt it, just considering uh, they have so many of their own free agents to take care of. But uh, it would be, I think it would be wise to at least explore, you know, free agency, especially, especially at defensive tackle, yeah. uh, where there's a bunch of guys available. They
1: don't need numbers; they need a guy.
0: You know, they need a guy. They need
1: yes. a guy. So they don't need to go out and get two cheap guys. Get one expensive guy, and then draft the rest of the guys and hope the rest of the players in your team can do the best.
0: Yeah, we've been saying this forever. Go look at guys like Dalvin Tomlinson. Yes. I think Leonard Williams is going to get too much money, no. but there's a bunch of those guys in that, you know, Dalvin Tomlinson range. Uh, that you could go out and get. Even like a an Nadamakan Sue, right? Nadamakan and Sue, was it last year he was a free agent? Two years ago he was a free agent? Uh, and the Cowboys ended up paying Gerald McCoy similar money, and I know he got hurt, but look how impactful Nadamakan Sue has been for the Buccaneers this year. Don't be afraid to spend 8 to $10 million on a guy that you know can play. Um, let's take a quick break so I can tell you guys about Bet Online. We've got a lot of football coming up between the wild card round of the playoffs. We've got the college football championship game uh, in just a few days. There's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust for our bets, and that is betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code On for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. And don't forget to use the promo code On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first First deposit bet online, your online sports book experts. All right, Lena my final takeaway after watching all 16 games of this 2020 season for the Cowboys is that they're not that far away. Like I know what people will see the record at six and 10 and they'll see maybe they're, they're not in on Mike McCarthy or they'll see how bad the defense is. And they think that they're, you know, years away from contending contending in the NFC. I don't agree with that at all. If you bring back a healthy Dak Prescott, I think this is easily one of the top three, four teams in the conference. Even look at this year. Like if you, if the Cowboys had Dak going into the playoffs with the current state of their defense, I really wouldn't be afraid of anybody, right? There's no dominant, dominant team in the, in the NFC. You know, every team has pretty big flaws. Uh, I I just think once you get healthy, you improve a couple spots on defense, you get your offensive line back, uh, you're ready to go next year. So I don't think they're that far away. Do you?
1: No. And and actually, I I had somebody come into both, actually both of our mentions yesterday and was just, uh, I I think they originally reached out saying, Hey, uh, you know, something to the extent of what what, what would be the odds that, that Jerry was able to pull Fangio away from or was it Fangio it was some no, defense Robert Sala Oh yeah it was Robert Sala yeah and and I was like well I, it, it's pretty clear that Robert Sala is going to be a head coach next year mm-hmm. um and, and his response was look I'm just looking for some kind of hope for this team it just feels like there's a lot of negativity going on and 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 I, you know look I mean we had a bad season absolutely uh, but there is tons of reason for hope guys tons. tons like i mean look a lot of what happened this year was injury based uh, obviously a huge portion of that is Dax injury but before that, even too, we've and again, I'm not gonna rehash things we talked about over and over and over again. But if you listen to this podcast, we've talked about all the, the kind of things that have happened that are not talent-based, that are not scheme-based, you know, that are not um, you know, this is not a good enough team based, right? Like this it's injury based. They right, they got a exactly. huge rash of injuries on the one side of the ball that was supposed to dominate and carry this team. And then on the other side of the ball, where that was supposed to be carried by the offense, uh, they were in the middle of a transition of of of, of learning a new defense in, uh, in well, a shortened season. Then
0: they had injuries too, right? Yeah. Uh, at one point, your cornerback room, you had guys that you were literally pulling off the street and off the practice squad to play in games, right? Yeah. Like we we knew this was going to be a rough season on defense with Byron Jones leaving, but it didn't hurt or it didn't help that Chidobe Awuzie got hurt in week two and was out for most of the season. And then Anthony Brown, your second best corner broke his ribs and was out for a chunk of time. And then Travon Diggs, as soon as he starts playing well, breaks his foot. So you you just had so many bad, you know, breaks on defense. And then even at linebacker, right? You had Leighton Van Der Esch get hurt really early in the season. Uh, so now you're playing Jalen Smith and Sean Lee. You had on your defensive line, you had Sean, you had Gerald McCoy get hurt in training camp. You had Tristan Hill get hurt as soon as he was coming on. It, it was just it was so bad in terms of injuries this year. It's almost, knock on wood, it seems like it's pretty unlikely that you're going to get that string of bad luck again next year.
1: Look, Dak comes back next year. You still have CD. You still have Gallup. You still have Cooper. You still have a, a solid offensive line. I would say even if something like Tyron Smith retires, I think sure. you could figure something out there still. Uh, I I think that you come back next year, there isn't any reason to, to expect that this defense, this offense will be outside of the top five. You know, I think it's, it's oh, clearly yeah. one of the best offenses in the league. It may even be the best offense in the league next year. I mean, that, they have that kind of talent. Uh, Absolutely. And, and, and they've shown that kind of ability, even as good as Kansas City has been at times. So... Um, there's lots of reason to have hope, uh, if, if only just for health reasons, you know, making this team better. Um, I, I, I have a lot of optimism for 2021. If this team can figure out some of the, the plugs, some of their easily fillable holes... Uh, then, then I think this team can come back next year uh, and really make a run of it with you know with with renewed vigor because I, I think sure. you know, what you saw is a lot of young players, down roster players, getting opportunities to get some some time on the field. Uh, you're going to come back next year and maybe even a better situation offensively because now you've got yes. Dalton Schultz as a second tight end as, as well as Blake Jarwin. You've got even more options. Your depth is more talented, uh, and and I think you know some younger guys like. Like Tyler Biotish and you know some of these other guys coming into their spots, I just think that this offense has a chance to be better than it was this year, uh, and if they can stay you know reasonably healthy, even uh, they're going to have it all in front of them. It's all in front of them for twenty twenty
0: one. Yeah, you mentioned a lot of reasons why I'm so excited about the offense, but even guys like Cedric yeah. Wilson, I think, took a step up. So you feel. I mean, we weren't really concerned about the wide receiver four spot going into the year, but it was, you know, a question mark. And Noah right? Brown,
1: too. I mean, and really, Noah Brown, Yeah, lots of, look, there's lots of opportunities were provided for these young guys to come up and step up. And a lot of times they did. And so I yeah. think that what you're seeing now is that all these guys are going to come back next year and the 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 reaping the benefit of this year is that a lot of our younger uh, needing to develop players got opportunities to play football, including Donovan yes. Wilson, T- Trayvon Diggs. You know, some of these guys just got more opportunity to play football. Even Randy Gregory, you know, just hadn't played football in yeah. a long time. So all of that benefit, plus an offseason to study what they did the previous year. There's a lot of these guys who are going to come back looking like different players in 2021. And, and I'm excited to see it.
0: Yeah. And really, I think... It comes down to three positions right on this defense. Can you improve at defensive tackle? Let's see what you do at cornerback outside of Trevon Diggs and Anthony Brown. And can we find a free safety? If they can accomplish those three goals in the offseason, there's really no reason why this can't be a 10, 11, maybe even a 12-win team in 2021. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, You can follow the show at Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you next time.